It's Cofield and Company. 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 Who put y'all in charge of snack distribution? With Steve Cofield. Then I seen him. I seen Steve. And Adam Hill. Adam Hill is usually so fair, so reasonable. Uh, That's shocking to hear something like that from Adam Hill. It's time for Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Uh, good addition today. Tons of good guests as we get ready for a football weekend here in Vegas. We'll get into all the uh, stadium machinations, logistics in just a little bit. Curtis Terry is helping us out today, sitting in for the first hour. Former UNLV basketball player and voice of the Rebels on radio, along with John Sandler. Adam Hill is here from the RJ. It's Cofield back in our Finley Toyota studios is Ari. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. We come out of the gates with some unfinished business from yesterday, Adam. Uh, We uh, teased you, mentioning Dustin Diamond, your guy Screech. Sure. Uh, He will get a little bit of uh, post-mortem honoring at the NASCAR race. He'll have a a car in his honor. So are you fired up? I guess it depends what it looks like. Like, how are they going to – are they really going to go full tribute? Did you miss him on the Redux? Uh no, no. Uh, also, you Did know, they talk I've, a lot about him on the podcast. No, it's funny. I was just gonna mention that I, I listened to uh, Zach Morris's podcast, Mark Mark right. Gosselar, right, right, right. his real name, uh, where he is rewatching the show because he's never seen it before. Right. Um, they're afraid to talk about Screech. No, they had. It was interesting. I was very excited for the tribute episode, and I actually bravo to to Mark Paul Gosselar who came on and he was like, "Listen, the dude was a brilliant actor. He was hilarious as a person." Oh really? Yeah. Wow. He was okay. like, and listen, it's probably not fair to me for me to say we're not close. Like we had our, you know, we we butted heads on things, and he's like, I'm not going to get on here and be like, oh, we've lost the greatest person. Like he, he was a great actor. What do you what do you want me to say? Wow. He's like, uh, we didn't really get along. <laughs> like, okay, this is good. Jeez. I gave him full credit for that. Like so many people are fake. They come, they're like, uh, listen, I've lost. Uh, poor me, I've lost a great friend. And, and as a listener, you're like, dude, I know you didn't like each other. You. You Man. never saw each other. Never talked come to out, each other. Come out with the gloves off, Curtis. I guess that's how we're going to act today, huh? <laughs> that's how we act every day. It's no that's conflicts sad. Friday. Sad yeah, no I mean, conflict Friday right least, out of the it, gates. At least Zach Morris and Preppy kept it real, though, like you yeah. said. That's what I like. You're all fake. There's, okay. There are certain people in this town that I've talked a lot of trash about. And that, that have said a lot of things about me too. If they go bye bye, are you going to come on the air and be like, yeah. what a great, what a great and if, guy? If everyone knows that I like, don't like a certain person, and they passed away, and I and I came on here, and I was like, you know what? It, it's a tough day for me. You know, I you know, really struggling, devastated, devastated. Like, well, first of all, that voice is out. But that's what people do. I know. That's I what know. when it's like. What are you doing? It's fake. We know this is fake. Why are you doing this? A uh, UFC story about a fighter stopping a car <laughs> thief. Well, I think Curtis thinks I'm a jerk for that. Oh, well, that's you know. You'll, where, you, get, where are you going to call me get, out? He'll for get that? used to it. I mean, it's not dude. Don't I, even. I, yeah, no. Just get used to it. He tells the truth. <laughs> He's not going to go down the path of uh, path of nice. So, uh, UFC fighter involved in a uh, car theft. He wasn't stealing the car though, right? No, no. So what was the deal here? So he, first of all, 
this is it's a questionable move. I admit that I've done it before. You shouldn't. He, try, to, try to steal a car? No, no. He pulled up to a gas station, a, a convenience store, parked the spot right in front of the door, and left his car running when he went in. I mean, who hasn't done that? Though? Of course. But he said it's the same story stops at every single day. He does it every day, leaves his car running, runs in, gets a Gatorade after he works out, gets his Gatorade, gets back in the car. And in this case, there's somebody standing out like loitering in front of the in front of the store. He sees that the car is running. He jumps in and he starts he starts going. And uh, immediately uh, this guy spots it, tra- tracks him down, throws about five big elbows, couple knees. Really? Uh, I thought the most impressive part was he ran to the car, rips the driver's side door open, tosses his Gatorade on the passenger seat across the door, and then starts beating because he's like, when I get my car, I'm going to want my drinks in the passenger seat ready for me. Wow, so he's pretty, pretty confident. He throws, can't throws can't lose the snacks as casualties. Yeah, you can't. It's great. <laughs> and then just beats the hell out of the guy, drags him out, and then the guy just runs. He's like, uh, I'm out of here. Just runs away. Yeah. I mean, but shout out to push to start cars, though. Yeah, and that was a big thing. He says his car wouldn't wouldn't move unless the keys are within five feet. Right. And the guy so was then you can like, be con- then you can be confident. I think I, it was neutral. Right. Yeah, yeah. He just had it neutral. He was just kind of slowly backing oh, out. Wow. It was good. Very nice. Impressive. Now I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the UFC. I would say this might save him. He's, yeah, he's good lost story two fights. For, good story for a couple of fights. Yeah, they'll they'll sell this and they'll, they'll market this this nice uh, win for him in the parking lot, and then he can uh, get another fight. Carmax deal coming up or something. Yeah, at a minimum, It'll be good. Or like. Some sort of like a the club? Do they still have? There that? you go. Do they still have a club. <laughs> My dad used to have a club way back in the day. Did it work? Put... <laughs> or the car gets stolen multiple times? Uh, you know, he had one. He never. I never really saw him use it though. Mm. He didn't like. He didn't pull up to a place and then just block that thing in place. No, Big Kurt, man, Big Kurt's OG. No, nah. he was. He, he left the caddy running. <laughs> didn't care. My dad had. Unlocked. My dad had the wrench. Wait, chase people off with it. He actually had a wrench under a seat in case there was an issue with road rage. Okay, that's fair. He was ready to go. I, I mean, seriously. As, like, as, okay. As far as car accessories, Daily commute go, sucks. Can I point out that as far as car accessories, like when I was a kid, I used to think it was so annoying and like so nerdy for people to put the shades up in their in their oh. uh, uh, dashboard or in the, you know on the uh, windshield. Now I'm like, you got to do it. I think I need one. Yeah, you don't have one. No, and like when like at Raiders practice, good lord. You walk out of one thirty, the car's in the middle of the sun. It's insane. I'm the, I don't have one either. And really? I'm always like, God, it's so hot in here. I need to get one. I, I know someone who had the... Uh... You've lived here so long. Just I like know. I, I know better, right? Just like I have. I've been here like my whole life. Self-torture. I knew someone who had the carpet on the dashboard. They had like the custom carpet. Ah, nice. Which is cool. Fuzzy dice in the mirror? Uh, no, no. Uh, but I, I also, I bought a used car one time that actually had the shades built in. Must have been an old person who had the car before. So you just, like there were like plastic... Right. Things on the side, you would just draw it in with little shades in the car. Those are Built like in. those are like a luxury amenity now, and like the Bentleys and stuff. Mine was not a Bentley. <laughs> no, no, surprising. Yeah, mine was. Uh, I got rid of the car when it was about to catch on fire because there was a gas leak. It was not good. No, I will. There was be- a recall. I didn't realize it was a recall. I'm like, man, this thing smells like gas. I got to sell it. <laughs> I think I will be getting a thing for my. You have field. to. <laughs> it's so hot. All right. It's insane. Complaining about the heat. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like. Uh, why do I? Why did I think it was so stupid when I was a kid? And now I'm like, I probably should have one. Do you have tinted windows though? On the sides, yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta I get feel the limo like the, tint. The gotta get the limo tint. It helps, but it still it, it doesn't do it justice. You gotta get a sunscreen. I need one. I'm over here preaching you, and I don't even have one. We it's, gotta get a deal for a sunscreen and IL for a radio show. I'll say this: I get it. Like you know, you're gonna be hot when you get in your car. Like that's just how it is. 
until the air really starts kicking on. My issue is more how hot the steering wheel is. Oh, it's monstrous. Like do you, you have a cover? Do you have a cover on the steering wheel? No, I need to do that. That's you have nothing. You have any accessories in your car? You've been here your whole life. You have the tinted windows. I said. There's you, don't have a, you don't have a, a shade or the freaking no wheel grip. Dice. No. Shag carpet on the on the dash. I have a lot of like media credentials hanging from the. Roof. Uh, I'll say right now. Uh, do you have a steering wheel? Uh, the grip, the no. cover. No, you don't have one either. Uh-uh. Uh, I'd love to see Adam try to put one on. I've done it. You yeah, have I've done that. Yeah, it's like feats of strength. Oh, by the way, I was going to bring it up. I was going to brag though. I put together a, a dog feeder. Oh wow! Oh boy! Oh boy! Harder. It's working well. It's working very well. Um, I watched a YouTube video. A guy did it in like a minute and 45. I think it took me about 45 minutes. Ooh. But I got there. There were some screws. I had to find a screwdriver. Pulled that off. It's hard. You got to hold one screw and then put another one on the other side and like try to hold it in place. It was a nightmare. But I got there. I did it. What's uh, tougher, the dog feeder or an Ikea dresser? I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try. I mean, listen, I, there's, I can't do anything. The fact that he tried the dog feeder right. is a Herculean effort. Yeah, I, I like I stared at it for like three days, and I was like, "All right, I'm I'm, gonna, I'm going to try this now," because I was watching a baseball game, and I was like, "All right, I can do something while I'm watching." And I I got it. It worked. It worked. It stood. It's it stood. It withstands the weight of the bowls. The dogs have eaten from it. I can't believe it. That's a win. Uh, bigger hero: this uh, UFC fighter Jordan Williams, NBA player Andre Drummond, or Remotech Angel at the station. We don't have to Angel. tell the whole Angel story. Mm-hmm. But boy, oh boy, he's a badass. Well, this is a podcast story. Yeah, I don't Adam know. had some trouble yesterday with an individual, and uh, Angel happened to be on the scene and Ooh, even and, worse and, and saved the day in such impressive fashion. While Adam was meek and hair at the earth over here, big fellow is very meek, and uh, Angel Remotech saved his ass. Even worse, I, I like could. I was thinking in the, in the moment, okay, I need to do something to save myself. But I also know Angel's going to be here in like ten minutes. Yeah. This is a podcast story. So I'm telling gonna... you. So <laughs> yeah. you just don't 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 even let's not so even have questions. <laughs> the reason I mentioned Andre Drummond, well, I don't know if everyone saw the video, but Andre Drummond, uh, I guess that's his house, and there was a that was a baby, right? Two year old. Okay, so uh, for some reason they've got the baby sitting on the edge of the pool with no one right near the baby, and uh, I don't know if it was mom or grandma, uh, kind of in a hot tub to the left and the baby's just like acting like a baby and right. scooted itself in the pool. And then you see, you know, seven foot, 280 pound Andre Drummond looking super athletic, fast as hell, <laughs> jumping in the pool. And they got the baby like that. Um, but I will say that's why kids are not invited to my house. And that's why I very rarely have kids around the pool. Cause I'm not there to babysit. Cause I don't want to have to be Andre Drummond at my age, jumping in the pool to save baby who pushed himself off the edge or herself off the edge. Leon. Right? Shout out to Andre Drummond, though. Oh, it was, it was freaking Johnny on the spot. I mean, that's. I mean, that might be the best thing he's done in his his athletic oh, stop, career. Stop. No, I mean, last year with the Lakers wasn't all that. <laughs> he's eleven and 10, 11 points and ten rebounds isn't as good as saving a baby. I mean, saving a baby is better for okay. sure. I respect it, and I'm oh, the I'll helicopter dad. One. When my kids are, are around the pool or when they're inside, just playing and beating them up, I'm like, stop. Somebody's going to get hurt. Let's not oh, do are, that. Really? Yeah, for sure. It, it gives me anxiety. I so sh- the fact that he jumped worst. in and saved him, Andre Drummond's I now a star in my book. I still don't know how I feel about this, but I wasn't a group text last night that probably spent an hour on this oh really video <laughs> and the general consensus not from me right fake no that what was fake what part was fake that they they sacrificed the baby. they had the kid jump in the pool the kid was fine swimming and just so andre drummond could be a hero i don't think so 
I was I was on the other side. It was I a good video. Not, it was, you know, obviously they have some videos for yeah. there. The way it was chopped up was great. I said it's not fake. I said it was real, but there was a general consensus that it was fake. I mean, between that conspiracy theory and you blasting people at their funerals, dude, <laughs> question, questionable people that were I'm hanging not, out with Adam. I'm not going to their funeral. He's just not coming on the air and saying <laughs> yeah. all nice things about him if he didn't like him. Yes, right? Of course. All right. Uh, we got the Raiders in town. They're always in town, but uh, preseason game going down tomorrow. Curtis's Seattle Seahawks are here. Uh, I was looking at some prices around the NFL. You know the Vikings preseason game? You can get tickets for $3. Raiders get in price as of about an hour ago with fees uh, on, on the ticket resellers, 93 bucks. You can't sit downstairs. There was one section like 121. You can get in for 116. It's actually a not, deal. Not yeah. $3. It's a, it's a preseason game. It's the first ever. All right, I get that. It's historic. The ticket stub will be something. $3 sounds way better to me, for sure. <laughs> that, that does sound great. People are hesitant, and we're going to get into what's happening around uh, you know different cities around the country and what's happening with some NFL markets where people are hesitant to uh, come out maybe because of new rules or maybe they're just you know using common sense and they're like, Hey, I don't want to put myself in danger. And that's going to be one of the big things tomorrow is going to be the, the masking up. And I think there's going to be a whole effort to make sure it's done. I think they're going to come out in game number one, um, you know, the organization and the stadium personnel to make sure that it's, it's done right. Uh, biggest stories. We'll get into them. The biggest things we're looking for in the game. We'll find out from Curtis in a couple minutes, what he's looking for out of Seattle, but I've got three things that I'm looking for tomorrow. So we'll get to that as we kick off a Cofield and company going all the way until six o'clock, uh, coming up later in the show. We'll also get back into what apparently was a gigantic event on TV. We were on the air for most of it, but man, that field of dreams game was freaking a hot ticket pun intended, uh, on social media, man. There was a certain group of people going crazy. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. I honestly believe this, that like our generation, like the way that we've taken care of our bodies with football, I think like 30 is like the new 20. I feel like I could play another 15 years, like without a doubt, like nothing's hurting. I think it's the way we train now. I honestly feel stronger, faster, better than I did when I first got to the NFL. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. 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 There he is, Derek Carr, the Raiders, starting quarterback in 2035 probably 2036. Remember, he did say during the summer he'll never play for another team. He didn't want to play for another team. He's a Raider sure. for life, so now he's going to play until he's 45. You might be right. There's you know a guy pushing 45 in Tom Brady. You yelled at me yesterday. I believe Aaron Rodgers. I think you were yelling at me. I don't know who was yelling. I was yelling at someone. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to play until his mid-40s. If he wanted to, for sure. Different, different, different kind of quarterbacks, though, between yeah. Brady and Rodgers and Derek Carr. What do you mean, talent-wise or staying in shape? All of the above. I heard that yesterday. I heard that clip yesterday, Derek Carr, though, saying that. Feel better than I did before when I was younger. My thing with that, if I'm the coach, you better hope Gruden doesn't hear that because he's not an idiot. We talked about that yesterday. <laughs> I mean, suggested he's an idiot. Probably not working hard enough there, Mr. Carr. I feel like you should be tired in, in training camp. Gassed That's a little bit. That's you take it? What was that? That's the way you take it? A little bit. It maybe is it not hard enough? Not putting you through the ringer? I don't know. Like you're also saying that. I mean, I think we're because I'm re- doing the same thing, reading way into it, just like you are. And to me, I'm like, wait, I I gave you the day off yesterday because the camp has been so hard. 
like we've been grinding and this heat and it's 116 degrees. What do you mean you feel better now than you did 10 years ago? I think you're overanalyzing it, both of you. Probably. Derek Carr is Derek Carr. Don't read too much into what he's saying. He's doing stuff many times for effect. So that actually could be a compliment to Gruden. Like, hey, John Gruden knows what he's doing, man. Right now, I'm feeling like I'm 20 and not 30. No, you want the... Because he's managing everything correctly. You know what the real translation? I mean, it's not like we're analyzing it over, over and over. The real translation is two things. One, it's... I say what I think I'm supposed to say. That's Derek Carr does every single day. And two is, uh, by the way, I'm lobbying for an extension. I sure as hell better say that I feel great if I want another six, seven years on my contract. You definitely don't want to say your shoulder's a little sore, your legs (laughs) are tired. Right, right, exactly. That's the real translation. He's not playing tomorrow on Norris Mariota, correct? It appears It's going to be all Nate Peterman and... Who's the, what's the other guy's name? Case Cookus. I think it's I keep, I, every time you say that, I keep thinking Case Tookus. Sure. Because I like the term Tookus. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be almost all Nate Peterman. Cookus hasn't really taken a rep in practice. So, oh, wow. Uh, I think I mean, he's only been there two days. I, I think it's going to be all Nate Peterman. And Cookus is there in case Peterman gets hurt. That's and crazy. They just throw him out there and run some vanilla offense. So, this is my dilemma. I'm sorry. Yeah. With this. Two things. Obviously, the Stars aren't playing. No no Mariota, no Carr. Who knows what we're going to see on defense. Seahawks, I doubt they're going to throw any, anybody out there. Same reason. My biggest dilemma as a Seahawks fan and having family that coaches with the Raiders, going to this game, how do I dress? Because I really, really, really want to throw on my Seahawks jersey just to represent the boys that they're in town. But at the same time, I don't want to I know what piss I off my connection. If I was you, I'd be wearing UNLV gear. It's also UNLV Stadium. Yeah. Represent the school, the city. You don't have to go either. You don't have to pick either side in the NFL. I know. I know. It's still their stadium. I know. But so, again, I'm having a moral conflict. I don't know which way to go. So I think I solved it. I'm going to wear black and gray T-shirt, throw on my Seahawks hat. Represent mm-hmm. both because I every day I represent UNLVs. Are you okay with that? Not really. Czar of the it's preseason, though. Stadium attire. It's preseason. And you're in a very unique situation. I know. So that's why I got to think I got to walk very lightly gotta it's, tread it's, lightly it's like having it's like when you know a mom has a kid on two on both teams like in the ncaa tournament and she wears like a split jersey or something right do you like, have a for, unlv the, mask yeah wear that <laughs> then you wrap everything yeah. okay all right and keep the mask on of course. I, I think they're gonna be i think it's gonna be all business tomorrow i guess it'll be a test run so oh. right now if, if I, I think i'm right on this correct uh in the stadium uh, New Orleans just announced like wide ranging restrictions. Like sure. they're hardcore, uh, fully vaxxed to get into the Superdome or a negative test within 72 hours, which is that's ridiculous. I'm not saying they shouldn't ask for it. No one can get that unless you pay for the quick test, and now you're paying you know through the nose for those. Like anyone who's who's not fully vaccinated, you're gonna have to pay extra money to get because you can't rely on testing to come back in three days in a lot of cases, right? It could be all backlogged. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and, and mask inside out the, at the out, they're gonna have the mask inside. And we've been seeing stories repeatedly saying that, Hey, there's going to be different agencies out there also helping out the ushers. Oh, they're, they're, they're watching. Oh, they're watching. I think they're going to come out balls to the wall to kind of set the tone. Like we're not screwing around Wear the mask. Well, I, I would else. also, cause we were saying yesterday, Oh, the poor ushers two days ago, yeah. Oh, the poor ushers are going to do all the work. I don't think the ushers are going to be the only ones policing it. I don't either, but I'd also say um, if you are a fan out there, and I mean, I guess even if, especially if you're not vaccinated, I would wear the mask 100% of the time because I feel like, and this is not an inside information thing. This is just 
what I feel like they're going to do is they're going to allow the Raiders to say, okay, enforce the mass policy for one week. See how it works. And if we're watching highlights and there's 30%, 40%, 50%, and not 80 or 90% that are wearing them, then you have to have a vax mandate. Ooh. Yeah, they're going to ruin the fun for everybody. Also, if it really if people fight back tomorrow and are taking off the mask all the time, then the rules are going to go into so. effect, and then we're going to have New Orleans like rules, which may could be that may could uh, that could be the rules, or yeah, the, the fully vaccinated could spread all over the country and, and, in certain markets. By the way, this certain, is not, obviously in Texas and Florida, that you know that's not going to happen ever or for a, a long time. I think we should also you know language does matter in some cases. We should not call it like mask mandate because the the state government was very specific in saying there's not a mask mandate. Like, there is no mass mandate right now in the state of Nevada. What there is is if you're a business or you're an organization and you're bringing people into your business or you're bringing people into a large setting, you need to present a safety plan of how you are going to prevent COVID from spreading at your event. So the, the Raiders one was, we'll enforce mass. And, that was, and the state said, okay, that's fine. But this is not coming from the state government. This is the Raiders saying, this is our plan. And if the Raiders can't enforce this and the state then says, okay, you can enforce it, that was your plan. Didn't work. You didn't enforce it. So now you have to put something more into place. And that's probably what they're looking at. Yeah. It's like how I treat my kids. Like, go ahead. You guys can play by your rules. <laughs> now, as soon as something gets broken or somebody's hurt, then I come in and I lay down the boundaries. And this is how we're going to operate. So here's your chance to prove yourself. Sounds almost identical to what Adam is suggesting. <laughs> it's good. Suggesting. It's good. It works. We'll see if it works for them. And I, I know that, you know, specifically the Gold Cup game was called out last week of saying, like, yeah, you said you were going to have a mask mandate. You didn't. Like How you, bad was it? It was pretty bad. Yeah. I would say like 30%, 40%. It was bad. So, so what, do you, what do you guys, what do you think of what the Saints are doing? Is that going to spread to half the NFL? I see. That's the thing. I mean, if it starts to pick up some traction and six, seven, eight teams are doing it, I mean, once you get to halfway, you just don't want to be that club that's not doing it, I think. I mean, we're seeing the avalanche all over the place now. You know, different cities are doing it. Uh, we saw what, Coachella? Coachella is in like April and they're doing fully vaxxed or you have to have a test within whatever negative test within 48 or 72 hours. And basically they're saying hey, it's eight months away. Right. Like if you don't get it done by then, sorry. Yeah. And, and the more people who do it, the more venues that do it, the more whatever concert venues, stadiums that do it, the more everyone else is going to feel comfortable. Now there are certain areas. Uh, I forget that there was a, a country artist who was playing in uh, Houston coming up. And that person says, hey, I want fully vaxxed or the 48 or 72 hour negative test. And the venue was like, yeah, we can't do that. So your show's canceled. So I, there's eventually now this won't happen in the NFL. I think eventually we are going to have entertainment options for the unvaxxed and the vaxxed. It's yeah. going to be a split yeah. society for a while. People are going to have to make a choice at some point. How about just get vaccinated? <laughs> True. But people don't want to do it. They're dug in and they're more dug in than ever. They are. Uh, so at, at a lot of the and, and for the NFL, like, you know, this um, Away from the NFL, this has become a statement for a lot of folks and, a, you know, a political statement for a lot of folks. The NFL is like, it's money. Right. We're not losing $4 billion again. We're doing full venues. And however we need to do that, we're doing it. So this is capitalism at, you know, at its peak. Whatever works, whatever keeps us open. And to your point, you know, if the state's going to come down on the Raiders because they look on, you know, on TV or they're monitoring the situation and, you know, 60% of the people don't have a mask on when they've been told to have a mask on, then the rules are going to get more stringent. Yeah, but that, and that's that's how it's been from the beginning of this. Of like, I keep seeing people that are complaining. Like, but at the beginning, they told us it was going to be two weeks. Yeah, because you didn't do anything. So, like, you're the problem. They said it'll be two weeks if everybody did what they were supposed to do. You didn't, and now you're like, 
What happened to two weeks? You did. You're what happened to two weeks. <laughs> and I don't know how people don't understand that. So tomorrow in the game for the Raiders, I'm looking for uh, the receiver rotation. I don't know how much you know Peterman and whoever else plays quarterback is going to throw it, but obviously there's a lot of competition at receiver. There's new receivers. Anyone down for the game? Doesn't seem that way. Okay. Everybody was kind of out there in practice. Well, Waller. I would right. Well, well that, and that's the other reason, too, is yeah. obviously we'll get a, you know, a little more of a look at the other tight ends, but you would think there would be some more targets for the wide receivers. Um, do they not play? Rugs a whole lot? Like, who? what receivers do they protect? And they're like, you're not playing a whole bunch. Does anyone have a lead on the rest of them where they absolutely will not play? I mean, it's a tough call because they're in that spot where, you know, I think you want to get Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards some reps. What good does it do? It, I shouldn't say what good. You're not getting them reps with anybody that's going to be throwing them the ball. Okay. So you're not getting them reps with Carr or Peterman and – or excuse me, Carr and Mariota. You're getting with Peterman and Cookus. Uh, so you, you, you balance that out and say – Okay, they struggled last year, so we want to get them really going this year. Why they struggle? Because they both got hurt week one. Right. So like, that's the other thing. You got to fear that. You gotta fear that. Uh, then you got veterans, you know, in uh, in Smoke and Willie Sneed. Are those guys going to play? They're older. I wouldn't play them. Right. So I'd see, I mean, if it's me, you're seeing a lot of Keelan Doss and, you know, Aitman and a bunch of those guys. I think the thing that's interesting um, is that they pushed back the cut dates, didn't they, in terms of cutting down rosters? It's slower. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think they have to be at 85 by Tuesday. Yeah, so, I mean, in terms of that, they're obviously slow rolling into a degree in terms of who they're throwing out there, getting those reps. Obviously, yeah. a lot of guys are getting reps in practice. I noticed that on Sunday and when I went to Raiders camp last week. Um, but it's interesting to see, I mean, how they're going to play this because, again, you're trying to warm yourself up and get ready to hit the ground running, but you've got to get those reps and gel and mesh with guys um, there's also a balance here because you're trying to figure out who's going to make the end of the roster. Right. You don't want to get any of your key players hurt. They've taken out a game. So, and then we're seeing more and more coaches are like, our main guys aren't playing at all in the preseason. So the NFL is like, they're in such a weird position here because every organization is going to handle these, these three preseason games. A couple teams have four, but so many teams are like, yeah, we're not playing anybody. Almost sending a message to the NFL. Like we don't need this. So you cut one game away, but we still we don't need three, right? I mean, and for for the most part, players think they need zero, and teams think they want to put them out for zero. I mean, I think if it's me, I want to get them reps. I want to get guys some reps, not necessarily in this game, but at some point in the preseason. But we've seen, you know, what we we said that uh, Aaron Rodgers is on one preseason pass in like four years or something. I've heard the argument that the preseason uh, meetups, you know, the midweek scrimmages, like two days with the two teams, has more value than way the pre- more. Yeah, why? Uh, well, starters play, ones go and gets ones, and you can get the the managed reps that you want, right? Like in a preseason game, you just have to take uh, – a perfect example is last night. The Patriots didn't want to play Mac Jones in the second half, it sounds like, but they didn't get a they didn't get a two-minute drill. Like they never got a chance to, to go hurry up. So he had to come out to start the third, and then they went – they pretended as if it was a two-minute offense to try to get him reps in it. So, like, you can't manage those reps. You can't say in a preseason game, hey, we want to work on this. We want to work on this. I mean, you can, but you're wherever the game situation dictates. In those in those uh, scrimmages, the one-on-ones, when they play the Rams next week, it'll be, okay, we want to work on goal line. We want to work on this. We want to work on this. And so you get much more – you get many more reps in situational, specific times, and I think that helps a lot more. Way more beneficial. And the same thing with college basketball. They do those closed-door scrimmages as well. I mean, we used to go to uh, Pepperdine and go there. They would come here. I remember one time UNLV went to Oregon, but in those situations, they usually play a 20-minute half, a second 20-minute half, and then they go through and do situational stuff, late game, sideline out of bounds, late in the shot clock. 
those are way more beneficial for the players and the coaches because you're practicing in situations that you're going to be in with your starters, with your main guys that are going to get action in these preseason games, like you said. Sit down, rest, don't get hurt. My favorite thing about those is uh, they're closed door and they don't keep score until the winning coach lets the media know exactly who won. That <laughs> <laughs> always leaks out. Always. I was at one of those a few years back with UNLV, uh, and I won't get into details, but the final score of that thing, because they kept scoring, it was not pretty. Lopsided by about 30 to 40 points. That's all I'm going to say, but those things – are serious because they play, and if you don't come out and ready to play, you get ripped by your coach moving forward. I mean, ugh, the tide is turning in terms of those practices moving forward. That's Curtis Terry. Adam's here. It's Cofield. All right, Field of Dreams game last night. Apparently did Bafo ratings. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it, but I want to get the cross-section from you guys. We got a guy in his 30s, 40s, and 50s. Who was watching this because the numbers were through the roof? We want all the smoke. Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100 and let us have it. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Anderson hits it in the air right. Back at the wall and the White Sox win it. Church of Anderson's favorite song right there. Awful. What is this? I think that's actually Dana White's guy who uh, he banned from coming to Vegas ever again. Although he's back. Jason Aldean. Yeah. I think that's like a Jason Aldean classic. The Big Green Tractor. It's for Iowa. Yeah, sing it. Good stuff. This is not good. <laughs> uh, so I'm a Yankee fan. I uh, That sucked. But uh, I, mean, I could see why it was cool. Uh, the fireworks you know, in the middle of a dark cornfield were kind of cool. But you freaking... Ripped the hell out of it, and then you know Joe Buck with a solid call there, courtesy of Fox. And apparently, this was a rousing success because it did monster numbers. Um, I think there's a baseball demo. We we kind of know the demo is you know 54 average age of the fan is 54. I think it's an older fan base, and man, they the the combination of watching a baseball game in a weird setting plus <laughs> tying it to the movie. You know, there's all these. All these dudes who watched that we were talking about yesterday, you know, seeing the you know moments with you know dad walking out of the cornfield and hey dad, can we play catch? <laughs> All that stuff. Like, I'm not poo pooing it. Like people, like guys love it. And man, social media media people were just crazy about the game last night. They loved it. You liked it, right? It was cool. I, I didn't sit around and watch the whole thing by any stretch. I wanted, like, I wanted to have it on while we were doing the show yesterday just to check out the setting and. Uh, I went to I went to dinner with some friends that were in town, and um, there was a TV on with the game there, so it was cool. You got to watch the end of it. Uh, I, I will say that they weren't baseball fans, but they were like, "This is awesome." I oh, really. And they're mid thirties. So, did you, Curtis, did you watch it when you got home? No. <laughs> Why not? I got kids, man. You don't want to sit them in front of the TV. Hey, and you could have like, hey, like a, a cool generational moment game. there. Not in my house. Not happening. <laughs> they weren't buying it. No. What but it's funny know? though. So I talked to my dad this, uh, earlier today. Um, and we, he was listening yesterday when we were talking about the Field of Dreams, right? And he was like, I, when you said that, I remembered when we took that road trip out to Iowa. We all ran the bases. He was like, that was a great time. I'm like, boom, nostalgia right there. Well, and I think that's the interest, interesting thing I've seen today. And listen, I'm all about the NFL. I'm in it every single day. That's all I like think about and talk about. Um, but people today were trying to spin it of like, okay, 
how can the NFL do something like this? Where could they play? I, I saw that. And so and my answer would be as much like I'm not hating on the NFL. I love the NFL. Football is not the romantic sport that baseball is. And it's a weird thing to say, but like you don't have that that like as you said, the nostalgia, that feeling like there's things that tie you like emotionally to things. Football would be like what the the prison yard from the longest yard you play there. <laughs> like, I guess like, but there's no, like that's nostalgic to some people, I guess. So first of all, the NFL would never do that. <laughs> like, what is, uh, you know, we're going to have Ray Carruth and, and, and yeah, let's go out to Leavenworth. Yeah. And, you know, let's have Michael Vick hosted. Poor yeah, Michael we're Vick. Not, we're not going to, we're not going to do this. We're not going to, uh, you know, have the Aaron Hernandez Memorial trophy or anything. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's tougher to, to find that even, I mean, basketball, you'd play a game obviously at like at the Hoosiers gym. Like, but they do that all the time. Well, it was Hinkle Fieldhouse, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I'm Where saying. They, they play do. the end. I mean, that's that's, that's, what I'm part of, that's a home venue for a team. For that's what I said. They do it all the time. So, right. like, it's not – you don't have that. But, I mean, there I is – I bet you there's something we're missing on, on football that would be super nostalgic. I don't know. Not really. Leather helmets. I, yeah, but, like, what's a football – like, it would be the field from, like, Varsity Blues, but that's not even, like – Oh, you're, t- you're trying to connect it to a movie. A movie, a movie or in, a, in a location, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they could do like a preseason game at wherever the hell Friday Night Lights, wherever that stadium sure, is in Texas. I guess, but it, I, I don't think. It, I, I mean, I think it's a Yale Bowl now. Huge. It's like the big. It's still big. Yeah, it's huge. I thought they had shrunk it down, but I mean, yeah, at I one point it was still, like one hundred five thousand. I think it's still like seventy. I mean, could you do you going to do a Patriots game at the Yale Bowl? Well, they've had NFL games there. Yeah, it's a hard match. It is. It's tough. It's not the same. I, I, I just think baseball. Baseball is that more nostalgic, romanticized sport to me now what i did watch in terms of baseball and i saw I don't know if you guys saw this today from the coastal plain league the top college players that play in the summer league josh lavender of the savannah bananas from savannah georgia walked out to the plate with a caddy pulled out his notebook checked the distance for his hit caddy handed him a bat he steps up the plate now the clip stops there i don't know if he hit a home run fly it out what the case is but that's how you make baseball fun in my opinion I think you, you, I mean, it's nostalgic, but there's also some people who it's, it's kind of boring because you said the average fan age is what, 54? Well, I think you, you let, you let guys bat flip, you let guys taunt. Like, that's what you should do. Like, that to me is fun. I would be for that. Me too, yeah. I saw, uh, there's a female reporter out of Chicago, writes for Deadspin, uh, Julie DeCaro, was clowning on all the uh, 50 plus media guys, <laughs> just fawning over this game. And saying, yeah, I like Field of Dreams, too, when I was a teenager. Like, yeah. calm down. Jamie and again, she, get, she got a rash of hate. I know John attacked it. Well, John attacked it because he thinks you know, baseball is an old person's game. Sure. But I thought the female angle on it was really interesting because that sort of toxic femininity, and yes, that exists. I know people hear it, and they're like, whoa. Um, there are women who look at guys who love sports, you know, 50-plus guys who love sports and are connected to these old movies, and they're like, Loser, nerd. Yeah, like it, just just because you don't like you know you're, you it doesn't connect with you, Julie. Doesn't mean that you know it's some nerd fest or there's something wrong with some fifty eight year old guy. Freaking, you know. I like the natural. You know, that's my that's one of my favorite baseball movies, and I might freaking nerd out over that. So years I guess hate on me for that. But I, I and there's other parts of it too. Like I, I'm totally sympathetic to the to the argument, and I think there's some people that would say it's ridiculous, but. There, there are people that made the argument yesterday, and I kind of am with them, of, like, you're romanticizing not only Field of Dreams, but baseball in, like, the 1920s and 30s or wherever this, you know, throwback time is. Uh, you're going to wear the uniforms honoring that team back then when, you know, 
African Americans and Latinos weren't allowed to be playing in the games. Like we're going to celebrate that. Well, I mean, I think really? there's, there's a lot of things, and I'm not. I think saying overthinking is the wrong way to put it. But there are a lot of things that were connected to that game. If you really start deep diving, maybe it shouldn't be as glorified and romanticized. Sure. But. Right. Well, we're gonna we're also gonna ignore the fact that like oh but yeah, we can, this is also tied to a massive gambling scandal. Like we're and, gonna try and, to pretend and, that and didn't the, happen. And too. the sponsors were you know, whoever a couple of big <laughs> right. books. But the thing is, we could do that with almost every sporting event now. We sure. could get all cynical and. You know, say there's hypocrisy involved in the game. Sure. I, I, I just, I thought like a lot of people responded to this lady and we're like, can we just have fun? <laughs> we just have fun without like ruining it with issues or calling, you know, old guys nerds or saying that you're a dork because you like an old movie. I mean, you, you can. And, and I think, I think it's, it's okay. And I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but I think you do have to somewhat be conscious uh, of issues and, and things and say, you know, there was a time back then that you're celebrating that, no, some people couldn't just have fun. They weren't allowed to, and you're glorifying it. And so I, I think it is fair to at least reference those things and point them out. Uh, caller Andrew wanted to chime in. Andrew. Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? I thought it was pretty cool. I've kind of fallen out with baseball. It just It's just kind of boring and slow, and I think they need to do more of these things. You know, I think it took them too long. I mean, you had the NCAA playing on an aircraft carrier, but – I liked it. I think we need more of it. Cool. All right, cool deal. I mean, I think they're going to do more of them because they got such a massive response. Now, of all the commissioners who could screw this up and not build on the momentum, it's Bobby Manfred. Well, haven't they? They've done a couple of little league games, right? I remember those. They they played some in the Williamsport. Yeah. Oh, really? Like yep. They tried it. This is like this really really tied into emotions, though, much more than that did. So, do you think it always has to be tied to a TV or you know TV show or movie? Something, something that's people it. can that's, relate that's the to. Formula, otherwise it's not going to work. Yes. And the thing that tied into this was the the, the older people, over fifty year old guys that love baseball. That's what tied into this. They liked it and hate their lives and are miserable. Right, here <laughs> like, we go. Here we go. Remember when I was single and to just go watch this movie? Didn't have kids around. It was great. Could they do it in spots where they move teams from? Ooh, go play there again. Like build a field like you in know, Montreal. Build. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't know where they would play, but like build a field somewhere in Brooklyn. I just don't have the Dodgers play a two game series there. You're losing out of what hit yesterday. What hit yesterday, I think, was the, the emotional the appeal. So then yeah. there is nothing to build on, then. That's it. Yeah. One hit, and, one and then And then can they do this one more time? And then everyone's like, all right, enough with the corner. Yeah, I saw that last year. I, I mean, they spent $5 million building it. Right? Did they really? Yeah. Who paid for that? MLB. Good. And of course, people fired back and were like, uh, have you seen the conditions that minor leaguers live in? Yeah. Can we get them an apartment? Boy, no matter what, no matter what you do, <laughs> people will try to bring up issues and just and sully the whole affair. How about for five million, you could house the entire minor league system for a couple of years? So uh, the ending of the game, though, Tim Anderson's home run, awesome. the walk off, the fireworks go off. Was anybody else waiting for a spark to hit the oh, cornfields? Of course, <laughs> of course oh, I didn't even think of that. Popcorn, like set, set the corn instant popcorn, <laughs> popcorn just popping everywhere. But like you said at the beginning, on the on, and Andrew just said it. Good call, Andrew. You know, maybe baseball's falling out with you. You you enjoyed it. You said your dad connected to our field of he dreams did. talk yesterday. But but that yeah, and that's because we we took that family road trip from Wa- Tacoma, Washington to Des Moines, Iowa, and we stopped at the Field of Dreams and we all ran the bases. Thought I saw Kevin Costner walking through the cornfields. I'll tell you the memories of my dad. Uh, one was nothing like that for me. One of the first uh, baseball games we went to. He actually took me to Shea, which was just an absolute dump for the Mets, and uh, we were sitting in the mezzanine. And by the seventh inning, there was some guy just hammered and passed out. And we just sat there as a family, just watching everyone pour beer on this guy, just 
drunk off his ass. Did you join in? And my dad's just laughing. Did you Kinda join like, into hey. it or no? No. You know, I, I don't think my dad got up and poured beer on him, like kicked him or anything. Okay. He's, nice. my, my dad's pretty civil. But he, yeah, he, he, didn't, he wasn't like, we got to get out of here. I can't have you see this. He's like, eh, whatever. And then the other one, of course, was my, you know, he, uh, I get, he must have been in the background. I used to go to New Jersey Nets games all the time. And I was like 13. And uh, I've told the story before, but um, I got a no autograph from Mike Jaminski walking off the floor. You know, Mike Jaminski. So mm-hmm. Mike Jaminski is a big man from Duke. And he played with the Nets and bearded guy, uh, you know, big imposing guy. And uh, he just half-assed the autograph. He just scribbled it. And he gave it back to me. And I'm like, seriously, bro? I'm like 13. I'm like, this is the autograph? And he just looks at me. He's like, see you later. Dad was proud of you for that one? Probably. Yeah. It's good. I don't, I mean, Who knows? We used to go to spring training. So I didn't have the same, same like romanticized sports moments with my dad that you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, so it's funny that we're so talking. people listening are like, why are these guys like this? Uh, that might have been why. It's funny, though. So that story. And, and so I took my son to Raiders uh, practice on Sunday at Allegiant. Um, got to watch that. And I told my wife, I was like, I want to take my son to this. He didn't want to go, but I wanted to take him because my dad used to take me to the UW football spring practices. And that's when my cousin Ron was coaching there. And we used to go. And I used to remember that. We used to get autographs. It was awesome. Sweaty wristbands. But that was a connection I had with my dad. And so I was like, son, Miles, I don't care if you don't want to go, but I'm dragging you. You're going to watch it. And then he hits me with, I'm just not a football kid. <laughs> that was after you went? That's while we're sitting there. Oh, uh, that sucks. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling stories that are stupid stories. My father actually did take me to a lot of stuff. And I do, I do think that means something. Yeah. So I think it's important, you know, to take your, if you, if you can. For to sure. To take your kids out to, to see athletes, you know, see the events, see the venues. Um, I, we, uh, I, I don't know why. He, he would take us to basketball games all the time. My dad, I don't think my dad's a basketball fan at all. Actually, I got to see Larry Johnson's first game. I, and if I'm, I thought I, maybe it was the second year, but I, I, they played in the preseason NIT. So I guess it wasn't the first game. I guess they'd made it through a couple of games in the tournament uh, and they were at the garden. So I got, you know, just now look, you know, now I've been in Vegas for 25 years. But, right. So I don't want to make it sound like my dad was some horse's ass who wasn't parenting his kids, <laughs> but he, cause he took us to, he took us to games all the time. And I don't think he was a big sports fan. I know he's not a big sports fan. So, uh, so he clearly wasn't doing it for himself, no. but you enjoyed it. I did enjoy But it. you have those memories. Yes, they're magical memories. Of course, the ones I tell on the air are uh, are just our, our stupid stories of my people dad, acting like animals at games. My dad taught us if you wait till the eighth race at Laurel Racetrack, they'll no. let you in free. <laughs> no, you can't. See, the thing is, you can't make up stories about your dad because I know I know Kurt. He's, yeah, he's the cheapest person on the planet well, and also doesn't cheap. care about sports. He's a little bit cheap. Uh, on the way back, we got to get the update on the apple pie hot dog that uh, – uh, one person on the show will not try, absolutely hates. And then something really interesting to close out the uh, 3 o'clock hour, uh, more on NIL. BYU came up with a hell of a deal here, and it's uh, quite the benefit for the walk-ons. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. He wants to be so perfect, and I see his preparation is always pristine, and you know that's what I admire about him. At such a young age, he knows how to prepare and knows when Josh asks quick questions or when a person asks quick questions, he knows how to kind of have answers for it. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 Cam Newton on Mac Jones. We'll get to uh, both of them. In the four and five hour, Curtis Terry's helping us out today, sitting in, former UNLV basketball player, Seattle Seahawks fan, going to be out of the game tomorrow with some special guests. He's going to be wearing a Seattle hat, something that looks like a Raiders shirt, and probably UNLV mask. You got to wear the mask. Uh, real quick, you will get to the apple pie hot dog reaction because apparently it did well. Guy Fieri, his hot dog. 
Uh, we'll do that in the fat pack at 4.30. Uh, so what do you think of uh, Eric Harper getting the nod as the interim? I mean, I think it's a great first step. You obviously had to move someone into that position, I think, immediately um, or as quick as you could to try to, to maintain some sort of cohesion uh, moving forward. Obviously, now I think they've got to make sure that they get the right leadership in there. If it's going to be Eric Harper, if he proves himself during this interim term, or if it's someone else when they open it up to a national search. Uh, but I think this next hire is going to be huge for the athletic department and UNLV as a whole as they try to take that next step, especially with conferences starting to realign. Texas, Oklahoma, can we move into the Pac-12? I mean, the future's, uh, it could be very bright, but you got to make sure you got the right person that has the, the sunglasses on to, to take that bright light. One of the things that's going to open up people's eyes about name, image, likeness, NIL, is there are a lot of schools that you think are have-nots that actually have a lot around their program in terms of money and support. And BYU had something come down that's really interesting. I haven't seen this anywhere else, but some energy bar company is backing a bunch of the walk-ons. They're going to pay for their school, their scholarship. Neat story on the surface. Adam will come up with a negative in a second. Yeah, I'll, but I'll, I'll, I mean, can you imagine being a walk-on and all of a sudden – Yes, because I was a walk-on, so I understand That's when I got point. that scholarship. Can you imagine it, Curtis? He's like, when, I got, yeah, I was. when I got that scholarship offer from Coach Kruger, when he called me that summer and I was in Atlanta working out with my brother Jason, uh, he, he calls me and I'm like, what's up, Coach? Go through the story. Scholarship offer. That's life-changing. My mom and dad didn't have to pay for that anymore, didn't have to take any more student loans. But I don't ever give BYU shout-outs, and we know why. But shout-out to the BYU Athletic Department because for them to be able to, to partner with Built Brands so all of their scholarship players get $1,000 representing this company, but then those 36 walk-ons um, are all going to get $36,000 to pay towards their, their schooling. Now it says they can pay it however they'd like. So if they don't need the money for school or if they got an academic scholarship, they're going to be able to pocket that. But the fact that they're doing something department-wide to be able to help their student-athletes is huge, and I think there should be more programs across the country that should take that approach. Adam, the negative? I mean, it's, it's not it's, – uh, I'm, I'm saying it's a negative. It's a, it's a positive for the kids, which is important. Yeah. Um, the negative is you talk about the rich getting richer. Uh, now, all of a sudden, scholarship limits? <laughs> what scholarship limits? Alabama gets the top seven guys at every single position, and the walk-ons are all getting paid by some company, and now no other school is getting anybody because we, we don't even care about scholarship limits anymore. We've got unlimited scholarships to play I, I, with. I think that's the fear, but I also think kids actually consider where they are and uh, on the depth chart and if they're going to play. They, yeah, and if they're going kinda... to get if they're gonna get a $500,000 salary to go be a walk-on at Alabama. I, I thought that you want to make a bet. It won't be five hundred thousand dollars. You think you think walk-ons will get five hundred thousand dollars? No, I'm saying, I'm saying if okay, if, if on, all man. of a sudden Let's we're be like, realistic, if we're you know we're, we talk about this stuff, but some of the fanning of the flames and the fears are getting a little nuts. They're probably uh, not going to that much. If I make su- a huge booster at Alabama, I'm like we want, we don't want the top two quarterbacks. We want the top five or six because we don't want Clemson getting one. I understand. We don't want anybody else getting one. So we're going to pay as kids much are, money as we have to. Kids are not stupid. They're going to want to play, and I don't believe that they're going to pay $200,000 to get the sixth quarterback. Right. I, I mean, I think it's it's possible that it could happen. But at the end of the day, and I read this somewhere earlier, but someone said at the end of the day, there's still only 11 guys that are on the field at a time. So you could take that offer and you could get the top five quarterbacks or whatever position players, but are you going to just sit there? You and, can't even and keep the play? twos on a lot of these schools anymore. I don't the think so. Because they're not getting paid. It's because they're not playing. Right. But, I, okay, if you t- if you tell maybe maybe kids really do just care about playing. If you told me, like, okay, you can go be the four stringer at Alabama, or you can be the starter at Tulsa. That's not the way that's not what we're nah, talking about. Because if okay, you're gonna no, be the starter if, where? If this case, no, if they're gonna I be know, the, Clemson quarterback went to Northwestern. Okay. Now, he didn't work out. So if you want okay, you can be the four stringer at Alabama and maybe make seven hundred fifty thousand because I'm paying you to that's stay there. Ridiculous. Or, that is a ridiculous figure. Or it's not what, gonna be seven hundred and fifty thousand. Ignore that means the figure. The starters Ignore the figure. I'm saying I can uh, whatever the figure is going to be, how much do I have to pay you? To not go play at another school that could beat us. Tell me the price. 
And I might, I might just pay the kid to stay there. If they're willing to pay him that, I bet Northwestern's willing to up their offer then as well because that kid's going to be somewhat marketable. If you're going to pay him $750,000 to sit on your bench as your fourth-string quarterback, someone's going to pay him at least half a mil. If I'm those numbers if are realistic. If I'm a booster with that much money, I'm, I'm just going to pay those guys and saying, I don't just come here and sit on the bench. Like I'm paying you to sit on the bench to not play against us. That's what I'm doing if I'm a booster. I'm, I'm, again, I'm all for the kids getting the money. I'm just saying this is what I would be doing. If, right. I wouldn't be I like, paying our kids. It's, it's worst case scenario. I get I, it. I mean, sure. if that happens, then we got. I'm going to try to go back to college and try to play football. <laughs> like J.R. Smith playing golf, I'm going. Arroyo's got to have a spot for me. Sure. I can punt, right? We yeah. talked about. There's that. also there's going to be a reexamination of rules too. So we, I think you're going to see the worst stuff come out, and then conferences are going to get together and go, all right, now this is abusing it. Now we're overdoing it. All right, four o'clock hours on the way. Curtis, thank you. We appreciate it. Thank you. For We're going to turn our attention to the NFL. We're going to talk to Mark McMillan about 25 minutes from now. But up next, uh, Cofield and Company NFL Power Rankings. We bring in the number 22 team as we get a preview from a, a Miami Dolphin expert. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.